Hey everyone, it's Dario Kristen with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying experiences forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Although, some features are not available in all states. But it's okay. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,078 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these easy steps. It's just three of them. First, you go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your true savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience overall. Remember, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time, save your money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network, now the largest new media platform on the web, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. That's right, guys. Falling Skies, Evolve or Die, Season 4, Episode 4. And wow, that was a that was a really interesting episode. There was a lot that happened in it, kind of in a build-up, in my opinion. I'm your host, Roy Zahari, and joining me, and I'm trying to take the reins on tonight's episode, guys. I'm letting you. <laughs> and it's Nando hey, to my right. Hi there. How's everyone going? And of course, How's we doing? have... Phil and the little We've boot. divided the factions, just like the show we were split is divided. Up. We're all split up here on the show tonight. Everyone's in a different area of the studio. You don't see it, but there's an electric fence separating us from uh, from Phil right now. Yes. It's an electric fence. Question is, so. are we going to bring it down, or but, are we going to leave him in there? Well, question is, are we live? do we live in the ghetto area, or does Phil live in the ghetto area? That's that's the question. I'm the kid of the group. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's just jump right into this episode, though, guys. We start off, we see Tom, Hal, and uh, Weaver meeting up at Kochi's rendezvous point. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, we meet, I guess we kind of meet a new character. We meet Shaq, as Hal called him. The uh, We meet a couple of new characters this episode. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but let's start with that, yeah. We see that. And uh, basically, Kochi tells Tom where Matt is at. And so they decide they're going to go. But Weaver wants to go follow Tom to be there for him but really he wants to know what that creature was that he saw yeah and he knows it's following them Mm -hmm. so we're left with Hal being put in charge okay what do you guys think of Hal and how he's doing as Mr. In Charge well I mean I think that uh, I mean we saw a little bit of Hal's leadership skills in the beginning of the Mm -hmm. uh, season when uh, at least that first episode when it didn't seem like he knew what was going on with his dad so he was taking control but this is I think a big act of faith the fact that his dad gives him the reins, yeah, and he's trying to take control, of course. And we and we see and we see, of course, there are going to be some people in the group, uh, Pope, who uh, obviously don't like authority, and that gets to be a nice little challenge for Hal. Well, and you know, for hope or for Pope, not hope. hope. I hope <laughs> Pope. Pope's sake, he was trying to do something for the group. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a self. Yeah, it was a little selfish because he wanted to go against Hal's request. But he wanted to go look for those supplies right away. He was challenging Hal's decision because Hal was hesitant and he wanted to wait for Daddy to come back. Yeah. Well, I think that shows some... Obviously, Hal is conflicted in this episode because he, he wants to be there for his dad and his dad put all his faith in him. And it seems, it seems like a growing and growing sentiment between the Vulm that are there with them, like Shaq and, and, and also the other, the other people there that just have this uneasiness about their position mm-hmm. and that they feel that the Vulm are gonna, not the Vulm, that they feel the know exactly where they're gonna be and that they're gonna be sending, uh, troops over there. So, you know, Hal's, Hal's torn. He doesn't want to separate. This, this show is all about the Weaver, about the, um, about the Mason family. Mm-hmm. It's all about the Mason family. And right now it's about them, you know, we see them starting to get back together again. So the last thing Hal wants to do is put himself in a situation where he's going to split himself up from his dad. 
do you, you think that's what it is you guys think it's he doesn't want to separate from his dad because he wants them to be together or do you think he's afraid of where he's gonna have to take the team or the the group well, what do you think and what Bill? challenges um, I think I think he doesn't necessarily want to be separated either. Um, in terms of Hal's leadership, I really liked when Pope kind of called him out of like, "Hey, are you just following orders or are you really in charge?" Mm. Um, I forget the exact line, but it was beautifully written. Um, and you know, I, you guys kind of you mentioned it, Nando, of, of him really being tested. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think this is a great test of him really coming into his own. Um, and is it safe to say what what I can say for next week, Roya? Oh, uh, we, from what I've heard, it, it is. It's like ninety percent sure. All right, so we we have ninety percent chance of of rain and Hal coming in <laughs> yes. um, for next Sunday. And so, you know, the reason I bring that up is because it'll be interesting. I want to know specifically from him yeah. what you know what's kind of been more fun in terms of story arc last year when he was going crazy, or this where he's becoming a sort of a you know a man. He's he doesn't have you know now he doesn't have his father. He doesn't have Maggie. So he's really kind of coming into his own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so to be clear, so the actor that plays Hal, Drew Roy, Drew Roy, will will ninety no, percent chance. No, Hal. Hal's Hal. gonna be here. Hal. Hal will either be here. way. I'm gonna be super happy. <laughs> so whichever character actor, either one works for me. <laughs> now it probably drop down to eighty percent because he's probably watching this and be like, and she's he's gonna there. be like, yeah. and I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> no, he will show. I'm sure. I, I'm sure he, we will not scare him off. He's fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah, he's fa- he's great. He's right. great on the show. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, who else is really fabulous? Who else is fabulous? Our new character, Sarah, who's just as equally badass as Pope. I love Sarah. Sarah is awesome. At first, actually, uh, when we see Sarah, she kind of reminded me a lot of Maggie. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a bit of a Maggie streak in her. I mean, she's de- she she's got the gun out. She's got the shotgun. She's shooting it. She's she's badass. So yep. it was it was very. I almost I almost wish that the character was not a blonde because I think there's just too many similarities to Maggie already. But and Karen, uh, who was also a blonde, and well, and Karen was also a blonde. But I don't think Karen held herself like that. Uh, but but I think personality wise, she she's. While she has similarities, she's so different, and where she just matches Pope so evenly. Mm. I just want to call her Mrs. Pope, yeah, because I feel like that's where it's going to come to. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy with that. Pope needs someone. He needs that balance to make him good again mm. or smart. Mm. I don't think she, she's not going to make him good. She's only going to no satisfy him in other terms. She's going to make him, <laughs> yeah, she's going to satisfy him in other terms. And I think if anything, she's just as bad as Pope is. But it would make him less selfish. That's true. In fact, in fact, it might give him some more redeeming qualities now that he has. It looks like he might end up, you know, hanging out with. Okay, uh, just Sarah because Moore. you're un, but just because you're not necessarily selfish just towards yourself, but mm-hmm. let's say to you and one other person, doesn't make you not selfish. It's still true. But Pope's always been it for, in it for himself. So this is the first time he's actually expanded. I had a friend who always, like, whenever you have a story or you're, you're like, whining about something, he would put his hands and goes, this is my circle of caring. Anything outside this circle I don't care about. So so I keep thinking of my friend like that when I think of Pope. So Pope's circle has kind of expanded to maybe include another person. Yes. Because he's given a hug. He's given Sarah a hug. So yes. She's within his circle. Oh, man. That's yeah, exactly what's going to happen, but, too. But that was my friend. I used to love that he just put his hands together this is my circle of tr- of, ho- of caring so. sweet i'm gonna do that when hal comes around too it's, and drew so now he's not up. coming now damn now it. he's not showing up damn it guys I'm what do sorry. you guys here's the thing what, what do you guys think of because if it wasn't for um you know the aliens kind of invite invading the farm mm-hmm. i don't think pope was gonna get out of that one i don't know i think you know in that regard i think his luck might have run out uh yeah I, I kind of agree with you so are you saying the aliens are matchmakers they kind of like, they kind of like, oh, if it wasn't for them, we never would have met. The new form of Cupid. Yes, totally. Uh, no, I kind of agree with you. It was like, it looked pretty desperate for, for Pope there at the end. I mean, he, she even said she bets there's a lot of women who wishes, uh, that, uh, they put him in the position that she's putting him in. You know, leave it, leave him where he's at. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which she's probably correct about. And I love how she's Based- drugged the beer. And you could even see the way she wasn't drinking the beer, mm. knew something was up, especially the way she looked at him when well, I was watching that scene. That whole scene was just weird. It's like, here's this girl shooting shooting a couple of rounds into your truck, and she she won't kill you, 
but you still want to, you know, but Pope's still like thinking he can get one over on her. He's, he's like, no, I just want to talk. I want to share a beer. I just felt that was, that whole scene, I kind of knew something was up. Yeah. But it was really awesome the way it played out. He was asking for the way he blew on the beer to get the fuzz out, the head of the beer. Yeah. Like, oh, come on, Pope. Mm. You're being too cocky. It's going to bite you in the ass. But she's great. I love, uh, I love the writing. Uh, between the two of them, the dialogue that mm-hmm. happened between the two of them, it, it just seems like, it, 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 you know, it just seems really obvious that I think people out there, you know, write us if you don't think so, are going to see those two together at some point very, very soon. They definitely bonded at the end when they were, when they were talking down to Hal and she was putting Hal in his place. Hal's like, who are you? And mm-hmm. she's just like, are you the mayor? Cause I didn't know they gave those titles out anymore. Yeah, I was just like, existed. it was like yeah. so awesome. So awesome seeing uh, this character. I'm really psyched to see some uh, new blood like this. And then with that, the way she delivered that to Hal, I liked how Hal handled that situation. Actually, he did he a was good job. Better than what Tom would do. Tom would have been more hot headed and like Pope. You, you know, this is typical Pope. Hal knew that it was typical Pope, but mm. he handled it very well. I don't know if Tom would have. I don't know if Tom usually goes uh, off the handle like that. I don't think mm. he would have toward Pope, but I really do think it showed maturity in Hal. To do that. And I think, I, I kind of feel like his, his dad, I think that Tom would have done that as well. Acted the same way I as I think Hal. he would have acted similarly because Tom does show like, um, you know, pressure under fire. He's not hot, hot under the handle, like, you know, hot to handle. I like, don't know. Uh, Lately he has been though. Well, this season. I, I think it depends on the situations, but I think with Pope, he's always been able to handle Pope. True. Cause yeah. they're in cahoots, right? Cause they're in cahoots according <laughs> to you. You say they're in cahoots. Um, so mm-hmm. two other people that are in cahoots. You like my little ties that I got going here? Yeah, are, sure. I love uh, the segue. Matt and his Mira, right? Was Mira. her name? Mm-hmm. So Matt's in the camp. He is locked down in a basement of some sort. And before Coachie's Weaver, Coachie's, Coachie Weaver and Tom can get to him, Coachie gets attacked by Jeannie. Coachie's. 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 What am Co- I saying? You said Coachie's and then you corrected yourself. You said Coachie. Coachie. <laughs> it's Coachie's. Coachie's. Yes, Coachie's. Oh, man. Well, either way, I, you get my point. So I got it. Just alien man. Sure. I'm just kidding. No, but people gets, are quick to judge. Us I know. On here. I know. But okay. it's one letter. It's an S. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. He gets attacked by genie or a figure, a creature that we didn't know until later that it's genie. Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah. So sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, so Cochise gets attacked. Yes. Okay. And I thought, honestly, I thought when Cochise got attacked, he was dead because he was mm. attacked by Venom. Phil, did you think he was going to survive that? Obviously, they said, I just need to heal. But before that. I I actually thought even when he said I'm going to heal, I thought for sure he would have gotten uh, he would have died, um, just because it would have you know it makes the circumstances even more dire of like hey we we set out to do this and you know we couldn't even do that and now he has to return back to the Volm. Um, and you know where where their second in command was kind of recognized they they gave him a name I will not remember that name Shaq. Shack oh. chick. Shack. Shack chick. Fair enough. <laughs> well, I thought Shaq. I thought it would be under very bad circumstances of them returning and saying, "Hey, we failed and this is and and then they would have gotten mad because it, it would have been it's because of um, you know, Tom's selfishness in that point of trying to rescue Matt. Yeah, I I definitely thought that was going to happen too during that whole scene hmm. when he was attacked, especially since they said, "Oh, he's attacked by Venom." I was like, "Oh, is he going to heal?" What's gonna, what's well, gonna we've happen? Seen, well, we've seen Cochise heal last season. I believe it was last season. Yeah. We've seen him do a really, you know, he, he usually goes into some kind of stasis mode where he's, you can't move him and, uh, he heals super fast. So. Fast but slow at the same time. Well, he needs I, a full night's rest. Well, I'd say super fast as far as in comparison to a regular person has the same <laughs> injuries. But yes, in Fair. the middle of a war when things are going down, yeah, it I'm going to take a nap. It's kind of like it's kind of like using the internet now. Okay, you know. he's not Wolverine. <laughs> he's not Wolverine. It's kind of like using the internet with a slow Wi-Fi. It's like, oh my god, why can't I get my answer right away? It's like it's still fast. That's fair. Okay. That's fair. Right. I'll give you that. Okay. I'll, I'll give you guys that for sure. He's definitely not Wolverine. Um, so the Tom and Weaver end up going on to their mission to find Matt on their own without coaches. And they go in and they're like, Matt, uh, Tom's going around looking for Matt and he sees a boy. Boy gets up. Matt, slap that man. Like, slap that child for blowing the whistle. Well, of course he's going to blow it. I mean, you said I would before. not come back for that kid. Of course they're blowing whistle. Yeah, Nate, he's going to come back for him. Yeah, yeah. right. Tom says, I'm going to come back. I'm going to rescue you guys all. I would be like, nope, not that one. Not the whistleblower. You can go blow that whistle somewhere else. Okay? Not that one. Not at all. That one. Yeah, just come on. He's <laughs> trouble. Anyway, so... They are being alerted by the whole security with the whistle blowing and uh, Weaver and Tom are running down to the basement to f- 
just they're running away and then that's when they run into Mira. Miram? Miram? Mira. Mira. Yes. Mira. You got it. Don't add a, don't add a letter <laughs> It's Mira. It's Canadian. I like to add little ah. letters here and there. Anyways, oh. uh, Mira. And she goes, you're looking for Matt? I'll show you. So she takes him down to Matt where Matt is being str- str- strangled by the, what was his name? The pack leader, the team leader. Did he have a name? He, they called him team leader. Okay. When he's being, I don't think they ever gave him a name, but it yeah, was we don't leader. have names at Hitler camp. Okay. <laughs> Hitler okay. Camp, they don't have sure. names. But he's being like, what's the sleeper hold on Matt? Yeah. Why is he attacking Matt? Why, Phil? Why? Because is Why? he? Because is he? Because Matt. This was the first time that Matt kind of wasn't conforming, right? And I don't know if he, team leader, thought that this was an act by Matt all along, you know, and at least initially, and that's why he made him team leader, as we kind of find out. But um, I thought their argument and their explanations were really good in in this episode. It was like, you know, uh, no, Matt, they came here because of terrorism. It was us who attacked yeah. them. It's it's our fault, not theirs. Um, so I thought that was interesting in terms of finally matt being fully interrogated rather than trying to just be brainwashed so you think the team leader had no idea that matt was that whole distraction was going on upstairs that he was being um rescued correct okay so it just happened coincidentally he was down there interrogating and then he tries to choke hold him or Mm. (laughs) sleeper him and that's when daddy comes to the rescue tom knocks the crap out of him yeah did were you guys happy when you saw that when you saw team leader get punched and punched and punched are you saying uh, was I happy when, they, when, back when to- I was happy when the hero of the TV show actually beat up somebody who we keep referring to as a, in a exactly. Hitler camp? Yes. So yeah, I'd say I was happy. <laughs> I would say that's a safe guess that I was happy to see that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, I don't it's silence Phil, on your you, end. Were, were you, you happy, happy, Phil? Were you happy when Tom? Weaver- I was not particularly happy. No. <laughs> Do you want more not from it? Not you want more? What didn't you like about it? Well, he eventually stopped. Okay. That's what you didn't like. Okay. <laughs> cool. I'm glad we got that out in the open. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Yes. Um, and that's when Miro decides, because they're running out, they're all, she's oh, super God. happy. She sees Matt. She gives him a hug. They embrace. Mm-hmm. And then they go outside to run away, but the gate is being blocked. So Miro says, I'm going to cause a distraction. It's okay. They don't know I'm a part of it. I'm sure they do now, but... Go, just run away. I will cause a distraction. And Tom goes, we'll, we'll come back for her. We'll come back for her. And you want to describe what you saw on that? No, well, well, first of all, just to, to the good point, I think Mira made a really, uh, willing sacrifice. And it, it makes, it almost makes sense in a way for her not to join. I mean, again, this is all about the, the Masons getting together again. So someone like Mira, I hate to say it, is kind of just a, a side character. Mm-hmm. So, but here she is, especially after she was freaking out last week and stealing the wire cutters and getting Matt into this mess. Here she is having a moment of, uh, of heroism mm-hmm. and saying, you guys get to get out of here. Just come back for us. It, it's a, it's a bigger, it's a bigger deal for you guys to get out than me. Mm-hmm. So that's the good news. The bad news is she's like i'm gonna create a distraction and she takes one step and starts blowing a whistle <laughs> right in that first step like if i was an alien i probably would have been like okay where did the sound originate from where was the spot where the sound first came it's from true, but these are skitters chasing these are skitters after, so, so they're just gonna follow they're gonna follow little mice like she's a pied piper just leading the mice away <laughs> so i just think it would have been nice if she ran like 30 feet at least you know tw- maybe 20 feet and then blown a whistle but no two feet not even half a foot so that's all <laughs> Okay. That's what I feel. See, you got that. I got the whole punching thing, and then it was my issue was punching. <laughs> you, um, yeah, the punching thing. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, and I guess we're left with Weaver finding out. Well, yeah, he gets Weaver, pulled away. Well, Weaver splits up, and it yeah. was just so obvious when Weaver splits up that he was looking for Gene or or Gene, something. Yeah. yeah, he was might be, and all of a sudden he got pulled. Uh, you know, we didn't see who it was, but we knew it was this creature that was following them the whole time and then we see him kind of like laying down on some real like junkyard version of a couch mm-hmm. and uh yeah it was kind of freaky seeing uh seeing this creature come and say daddy yeah you know and then we realize it's gene somebody somebody on um on youtube wrote down and and said uh, it was a daughter so i guess it was more apparent to him but um yeah it's really weird seeing this skitterized version of gene um jumping jumping in there literally jumping she jumped at the commercial break it looked like she was jumping toward uh weaver turns out she was protecting him from another uh creature mm-hmm, no, from those skitter 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, and then she has her moment of heroism, even yeah. though she's been, uh, turned and skitterized. She has her moment of, uh, you know, clarity where she, she recognizes her dad. She realizes what she's become and she protects her dad, but unfortunately is, is fatally wounded in the battle. And of course her dad comes to the rescue and kills the skitter. Uh, so he has like one moment with her before she finally dies. She would have been a great asset for their team. I'm just going to throw that out there if she survived. Except well, for my question is with the whole free will thing, how is she doing that? Well, she seemed like one of those typical, like a Frankenstein monster that, you know, kind of sees the good, uh, you know, uh, but still can't control themselves. Like struggling between, you know, she's probably struggling between the skitter side of her mm-hmm. or the alien side of her that is very, you know, warped into yeah. their own purpose and the human side of her. And I think what, uh, I mean, there's a great message here and Weaver pretty much tells Thomas at the end, but it just shows, I mean, this was something that they touched upon, uh, with the Volm last season during the finale is that the biggest weapon that humans have is their spirit. And sure. here she is. I mean, Dan said it. She's a, she was a fighter till the very end. She's mm-hmm. a fighter. So it just goes to show you, just goes to reinforce that whole thing that the reason why the Ishveti and even the Volm realize how valuable and how important humans are is because they have this will to live and to fight, the, you know, despite all odds, you know, and, and, and again, this is the perfect thing for Tom Mason because he's a history teacher and there's, tons of examples of of people you know revolutions of people of of going up against the authority mm-hmm. and and here's a smaller case here's like here's a, a very micro case of it where jean gets skitterized and yet is still somehow able to break free enough to do her own will mm-hmm. so yeah i talked a lot there <laughs> bill did you have anything you wanted to add to that um, in terms of them, not not really. No. <laughs> did, okay. Did you like it when uh, Jean attacked that other skitter? Thanks, Dando. Thanks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I like? Did I? You know, I thought I thought it was. Uh, I would I would concur that that was a great moment. Did, were you sad when it, she stopped hitting him? I was I was quite sad, and okay. you know what? Um, it you know it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Um, I'm you know, because just... well, it, in the moment, right? In terms of. They're all really splintering apart, right? How how and that faction are kind of off on their own, mm-hmm. and now you have just these guys off in the woods, and so it's great reunion between Matt and Tom. But you know, we we've left behind someone at the camp, which we obviously we talked about. But there's that separation, so Matt's got you know separation, and then uh, you, you know, although we've kind of reunited Lexi and and all that group, yeah, you know, we'll talk about that in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just too much separation, so it, it will it will take a lot of hope. But part of the problem is, you know, it's now it, it's only these characters that kind of know this type of hope. You know what I mean, or at least know that this message. Um, they're the only ones that are reminded of this message, and sometimes, mm. especially in in these kind of circumstances, you constantly sometimes need to be reminded of that. Where unlike Pope now, who's kind of you know second in charge of Hal's camp, mm-hmm. you know his whole thing, their philosophy is like, thank God for the apocalypse. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It is kind of true. Yeah, they. I mean, Sarah even said it. You know, uh, Pope's not the only one who thinks that way. Sarah's like, I can do what I want. But it's just funny that Pope's point, like his experience in life before mm-hmm. the apocalypse and hers, she had a job. She was a graphic designer. She was Pope working was on jail. waterproof uh, f- phone, phone case, case. smartphone yeah. cases. That was awesome. I hope she has extra ones. That'd be nice to have. Anyway, in the apocalypse, yes. Um, <laughs> back in the camp, uh, here's a, here's one important question I want to yeah. ask though. Uh, do you think? I mean, as noble as Mira's cause was to actually leave them, do you think she'll actually survive? I think no. that's an important question because, because especially after talking about the human spirit and human will, do you think Mira has what it takes to probably survive in in that camp by on her own? They haven't. Um, Matt escaped. They're going to change their whole routine about everything. They're yeah. going to be even harder on all the students there or all the kids there. Mm. And I think they're going to start skitterizing them a little bit quicker. Mm. So okay. I, I think she might be the one. I know it's a prediction, but. I think she might be a skitterizer. I'll say, I'll say, yeah. I kind of, I was going to save for predictions, but I feel similar, especially since I, I wrongly predicted that Matt would get turned before he got rescued. Phil, so. what do you think? Oh, sorry. <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> Did uh, I like her getting his? Is that, is that the theme of tonight? Her getting you, his? What? <laughs> what? Are we talking about Pope and Sarah now, or are we, uh, no. 
We're talking about Mira and her. Do you think Mira will get turned by staying by staying in the camp? Do you think she's doomed? I, I think to a large degree, because especially you know, she says like, "Hey, I'll get out," um, you know, upon graduation. But it's it's more of a thing of I don't I don't think she's gonna get you, you know what I mean now now by having done so, graduation is gonna be that much further from her future. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Now also, you know, I think um, I mean it's a prison more than a school. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Nando. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I, she's not getting time off of good behavior here. Plus, That's I, what I mean, I think they're going to catch on that she kept running and there was nothing around her, and she kept blowing the whistle. So, what is the you well? Know, what's I don't know. I don't that? think. I don't think that because yeah. I mean, she's already kind of unpredictable and weird, and I think everybody there is probably panicking and. That's the one thing that, you know, those kids get, could be panicking and blowing their whistle because they saw a squirrel, for all you know. But they're not allowed so, to see squirrels. They're not allowed to see squirrels. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, they, I think, I'm, I'm sure with all the other whistleblowing going around in that camp, because once the kids started whistleblowing, Tom and everyone else ran away. So who's to That's say true. that when they finally catch up with Mira, she's like, they were just here, but they ran off. That's she can true. get away with it. But I, I still think she's doomed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of whistleblowing, there was a history lesson by Hal instead of our professor when he was leaving a note for Tom. That was my little segue. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> we left a note for Tom, like with the spray paint. Yeah. So because they had to leave because the mechs were coming mm-hmm. and they're pushing them. And did you catch on that the mechs only thing that was clear was the west side? Couldn't go north. Couldn't go south. Wouldn't want to go east. So, but the west side was the west. only area that was clear. And so that's where the coordinates were that they heard on the radio. Mm. So I feel as though not just because they're searching for them, but they're trying to push everybody that's in that area, hearing the radio mm. to the west. Ooh, well, that would be really good for predictions. Yeah, I don't know what it's that would be do, really. But... I think there's a. Yeah, I think there's something there. I, I have an idea of maybe for predictions. Maybe okay. I'll bring it up for that. Cool. But we, I guess we should talk yeah, about. Yeah, let's get into the west Chinatown. side. Chinatown. Let's talk about Chinatown. <laughs> yes. Let's go to Chinatown, people. Yeah. Or we see Lexi and Anne finally. Yeah. Having their first mother daughter moment mm. talking, and there was a line that Lexi said to Anne that I thought stood out um she they're talking about and saying how, how i wish i could have saved you mm-hmm. you know six months ago you were just a little girl now you're not and lexi goes a path has been set for me i just need the strength to walk it mm. that worries me about what that path is and why she needs a strength for it. but again that's another prediction but i thought that was a very interesting foreshadowing yeah well she she's definitely taken on this uh like prophet messiah type outlook you know, so that's a very that's a very profity line that mm-hmm. she's saying there. But of course, Maggie and uh, and Ben know that she's been talking to an Ishmaeli, so uh, you know that that puts everything else into question. But I think the important thing is that Lexi still feels she's fighting the good fight. She's walking this path. I, there is something to be said. She she feels like she's definitely walking a path that no one else has walked before. She has communication with the aliens that no one else has had this kind of rapport and. A result of her talking to them is that they have this safe haven that no one's getting attacked, no one's getting taken away, no one's getting put into a ghetto camp, into a Nazi camp, mm-hmm. into a skitterized camp. Everyone seems to be safe in this immediate area. So, you yeah, know, they're keeping up their end of the bargain so far, exactly. But what I thought was really interesting was uh, when when Anne got to separate herself and start talking to Maggie and Ben. Mm-hmm. And even before Maggie, I think it was even before Maggie said uh, that Lexi was meeting with with Anishvedi, um Anne said, I don't know what she is. That was the exact quote when she was talking about Lexi, you know, talking about Lexi aging. Like she knew that Lexi was aging at a faster age, but I guess she still didn't know what to expect. But she said, she didn't say, I don't know who she is. I don't know what she is. Mm -hmm. So I felt like, and this is a woman we were talking about this earlier. She, she was desperately trying to get to back to her daughter. It was a very, it was a very motherly feeling I felt. I mean, we were definitely talking about whether it was selfish or not. I felt it was a mother who really wanted to get back to the child that she birthed. Yeah. And here she is now finally meeting her, and now she's calling her a what? That's a very interesting point. Yeah. So, and then, of course, when Maggie uh, ends up telling Anne about that rendezvous that they witnessed, uh, you know, Maggie, typical Maggie is obviously... Guns out. Guns <laughs> out. But Anne was even like, let's blow her, you know, let's go, That that's it. Oh, no. 
we're going there right now. Nike's mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's go blow her, brain, blow her brains out, I, which I thought was really, really like, whoa, this yeah. is a human being. This is this was your daughter. No, 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 and- no. They wanted to blow the alien. Oh, but I thought I thought they. Oh, they wanted not to her alien. daughter. Oh, good. Holy crap! Good. Then I miss. <laughs> she would have switched. Then I misread that. <laughs> I misread that. I apologize. Whoa. I but I, just I think heard, my punching thing is legit now. It's a your punching legit thing's question. A little more legit. <laughs> but still, I just still thought it was a very well. I you know regardless, I still thought that was a very big, a big turn for both of them to say that. You know, not to trust Lexi and to want to just go out there guns a blazing, especially when they have this. This treaty, so to speak, going on in the town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I still, with that question of what she is, mm-hmm. still goes back to the end of last season when Anne was freaked out by her baby. Again, not knowing what she was. Mm-hmm. So still at that point. I still feel, to be honest, I wrote down in the notes, lower brains. I really felt, well, I, I guess, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm going to stand by. You know what? I am going to stand by. And this is why I, I'll, we saw this episode and came right in here. It's not like we can just rewatch certain scenes. But the reason why I wrote that is because, again, I, I based it based on the way they were talking about Lexi beforehand. They were talking about her like she's a what, not a who. Mm-hmm. And I really felt like this was the mother, that, just the scene before, this was a mother bonding with her daughter, trying to bond with her weird daughter creepy Lexi but still bonding with her and now all of a sudden she's like I don't know what she is oh well she's been talking to an alien and it's like whoa okay something's up I really feel that way but okay I, I don't think I mean this is Steven Spielberg TNT it, she's not gonna get yeah. her brains out but just that reaction I thought was pretty severe what about you Phil what do you think <laughs> <laughs> I certainly didn't think that they, that they were gonna kill her um, you know I, I, I think what we've learned mm-hmm. in these four episodes is that everyone must be rescued right we have to keep this whole thing intact um and especially after tonight's message like we have to keep humanity intact Mm. and so it's not that we have to kill lexi it's that we have to take away the evil yeah i could see that she definitely has some evil in her that needs to she lexi has to choose obviously she's taking sides with the alien that impregnated Anne, or was a part of that insemination and is playing the fatherly role in Lexi's defense in Lexi's defense when you have people like Maggie who are just like having these gut reactions and even Anne Mm because we saw what Anne did to that skitter a couple of episodes ago uh, when when she sees the humans acting in that way and then her only contact to Anishvedi is coming he's coming down like some kind of prophet himself you know in that robe and all peaceful and quiet and offering peace yeah you know, if you were Lexi, who would you really believe in the end? Would that's you... that's a valid. Yeah, if I was Lexi, I'd be thinking he's right. He's been keeping up with his bargain. Like he's yeah. not coming in with guns and ambushing our meeting. He's going by what he said every time, um, each time. Absolutely. Which at the meeting that she was gonna, ha- Lexi was gonna have with him. Mm-hmm. That's when Anne shows up. Did you find with it weird Matt. that when Ben was talking for him, the alien man, uh, that which we find out is Geminis, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says mother in it. Yeah. Wasn't that just kind of a weird line to say? Well, when he said that, I kind of, it, it drew me back to the flashback that we saw uh, last week with Karen and that weird, like, umbilical cord type yeah. thing sticking out of uh, Anne. And I, I, I'm, I can't remember for the life of me right now what that cord was attached to i think it was attached to it was probably attached to that ashvedi yeah it was yeah exactly so then that's what it was uh and i guess mother kind of like you know like the 1950s version when your mom and dad your your dad would call your mom hello mother okay (laughs) it kind of it kind of had like we've been i love lucy kind of show yes like when i watch those i love or like uh donna reed or some of those really old shows they're doing the research hello mother yeah so it was almost like they're in a relationship with each other, um, that Ashvedi and Anne, because mm-hmm. they had this cord, <laughs> this connection. It, it could be the whole respect sign, and that's to make Lexi feel that he's being respectful towards her mother. That's the other thing, too. He's, he's obviously, shown- this Ashvedi is very smart and knows that, uh, just to keep being peaceful and keep talking in such yeah. a way and to reveal himself. Uh, you know, uh, without like doing any, any duplicitous tricks or anything. So of course it makes Anne and Ben and Maggie all look like the bad guy when they start overreact or reacting toward him. Yeah. 
And uh, the Ishveti took over Ben. We saw Ben's um, Ben's uh, spikes glowing, and Ben was talking uh, on behalf of the Ishveti. And uh, what was interesting was when Ben finally gained, regained control. Well, a couple of things were interesting, but when Ben finally regained control, he said, "Anne's right. I can tell. I can feel it in my head. This guy's lying." Mm-hmm. So, which is really, really interesting. I didn't know that, uh, I didn't know that you could, uh, f- you know, actually like kind of have, you know, be that invested in, in the, in your soul of the alien that you can kind of feel out. Well, we saw when the other, sk- um, harness kid, I can't remember her name, but she and Ben kind of had some relationship together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When she was in that skitter's head and Anne decided to kill it, yeah. we saw that Ooh. she felt it. We saw that reaction. And she kept seeing what the skitter, anytime they talked about mm-hmm. the West and how she, you couldn't really see what was going on. Well, it's interesting seeing then that, that Ben almost kind of, it's almost like a polygraph test, you know? It's like it's like you get to use Ben as a conduit, but yeah, <laughs> Ben could kind of tell if you're lying yeah. or not. So, but again, Ben saying that, that uh, the Ishveti's lying and yet the Ishveti's still like, okay, I get it. Even like, uh, Lexi was starting to get all, you know, like, carry, <laughs> get all carry crazy on, uh, on everybody and winds blowing like crazy and, yeah. and, you know, stuff's about to go down. And, uh, and the Isfeti is like, if Isfeti tells her, not this, this isn't the right way to do it. This isn't the way. Calm down. Don't let their, don't let their aggression get to you. Don't, don't match their aggression. Yeah. And I like that. I thought it was a great, uh, statement from him but uh, i want to ask drew when he comes in if he's seen the setup for when lexi gets mad if he's been on set around that because obviously we haven't seen any episodes where they're together but how many fans do they have on set for that scene to happen <laughs> i want to know how There's, that production works for that i don't know if, that you know i don't know if you noticed but even when she's not like getting the wind, angry the wind is still blowing yeah. in her hair she's already she's always has a fan on her no matter yeah. what but then when she starts getting her powers going or she starts getting you know very em- emphatic toward the situation it's getting getting Storm-like. very very yeah hostile all of a sudden they put like every major fan yeah. on top of her it's really and funny. she keeps her eyes open the entire time yeah it's creepy Bravo, it's actress. awesome though it's yeah. awesome <laughs> uh so let's move on so he gets the alien Aliens pretty much captured. They have the alien tied up. And then when we see the next, is it the next scene or? Well, it's shortly after. You're talking yeah, about the, the big alien meeting. That was very interesting. And I'm sorry that I keep calling them aliens, but I'm just, I know I'm going to butcher the real I keep word. Saying, Ashveti, Ash- Ash- if I'm saying right, Ashveti. Ashveti? Yeah. Ashveti. There we go. Ashveti. There yeah. we go. Watch, that's probably completely wrong. Um, anyways. I blame Gem- my New York accent <laughs> yeah, right. Geminis. Yes, so that Which was one? interesting. I guess they're both Geminis because when we first saw that scene, it was the, it was the alien, I'll say alien right now, <laughs> that I believe was in charge of the ghetto camp that Tom uh, escaped and it was after Tom. Yeah. Got what looked like to the farmhouse, grabbed what seemed like to be a piece of coal and squeezed it really, really hard so See, it turned hot. Yeah, I thought it was dirt and I was like, wow, he's powerful. It was like some kind of rock or coal or something. I felt like he was going to make it into a diamond. <laughs> and, uh, and then we see him transport to some other realm. It was, it was like, I said it before, it, it, this realm looked like Voldemort went to Mount Doom. <laughs> that, I like that because I was trying to figure out what it was. In my head, I'm like, is it a Mortal Kombat kind no, of setup? It, it on was the like, a, it was like ground? Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings all mixed in or something. It was <laughs> Bad really guys weird. hangout zone. Yeah. So, uh, and he called out Ge- Geminis. Right? Is mm-hmm. it Geminis? Yeah, called out Geminis. And then the other Ashvedi showed up, the one that's been with Lexi. And he had this really interesting conversation. But that, but the other, um, Ashvedi ended up calling the first Ashvedi Geminis as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that's a name for, for that. Uh, that's what they call themselves. I don't know yet. It's, it's a little confusing. Like Maybe. Buddy. Hey, Buddy. Buddy, you here, Buddy? I don't buddy? know. I mean, cause I, I, I mean, when the first Geminis was called, that first of Ashvedi's lips were moving. So that was the only other thing I could think of if it was something off screen, mm-hmm. but whatever. Anyway, I don't want to go. But yeah, so what they talk about though is yeah. how Lexi is actually a bigger weapon than they expected. Yeah. And they are going to be pretty much set. They're going to be ready to go well, soon. If she can, if he can keep her on his side, which well, he's doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing is, is definitely that the first Ashvedi is pissed. And he wants to burn Mason mm-hmm. slowly. I love that. He will burn slowly. So we could see uh, this one really, really angry. So you could tell he's definitely hell bent. He's hell bent on going after Tom Mason right. and his crew. And then, yeah, we discover that uh, that 
you know, Ben was right when, when Ben broke away from the, from the Ashvedi's hold that this guy is lying. Mm-hmm. This alien is actually lying and he's preparing to use Lexi, uh, in some capacity because she's going to be some big powerful weapon that they're going to use. Yeah. And that, uh, she listens to everything he says. She's like a little groupie. We saw we saw her at the very end after after they went back to uh, after we go back to to Earth or whatever you know from wherever they came from, and Lexi just seems to be looking at him with like these open eyes, like she's obviously listening to every single thing he says. I wonder if she sees him as a father figure or just somebody. I just I don't know where to go with that. I Considering just... she's all about peace, and so far this Esvetti has not shown any sign of anything else other than being peaceful. I think she, it's almost like a mentorship. She just looks up to this. She's learning how to alien. use her power. Yeah. What do you think, Phil? Really... Is this a mentorship? Is a that mentorship. The, That's the question is, do you think it's, it's a mentorship? Is that what you're thinking? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what? What do you? What do you want me to say? I, know, I, want, I don't know why. It just was funny. I just laughed. I want your opinion. What do you think the relationship between Lexi and and what we think is Geminis is? Yeah, the hooded one. The hooded the Jedi. The Jedi. Uh well, it's again, it's it's the weapon. It's you have to, you know, it's it's uh, you 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 get this young crop just like Matt was a team leader. You get a young crop, and then um, you raise them to be evil, but under your command. Mm. And I think that's what they're, you know, it's just another, the the whole aspect of kids and, and, you know, raising the youth in this sort of way is interesting to me um, because, you know, again, how will they fully be used? And now if you have the kids, right, the episode's called Evolve or Die. And so if you can evolve the kids to attack the humans and, and you know, and, and, and the humans, as we've seen, will kind of change their ways if the kids do or if you know they're trying to keep the safety of their kids so then i got a question for you guys with that in mind you know you described jedi being trying to raise lexi and convincing her to do things and Mm -hmm. then we have the team leader doing it for matt do you think tom obviously tom's a good guy in all this but Mm -hmm. tom is also kind of doing the same thing with hal making making hal prep to be a team leader i know it sounds Um, very but i mean in comparison do you think it's very it's kind of like we're seeing three different point of views of how they're trying to raise the next leaders? Uh, I mean, it's an interesting point. I mean, in a way, I guess, I guess you can make a case that Hal is evolving as a leader and Tom is, is obviously working with him to, to give him that. Uh, Hal has proved himself in battle, mm-hmm. you know, like a good soldier. And I think it makes the most sense out of everyone we've seen. I mean, we don't really see that many more people in the group. I mean, Weaver's already in a position of power. Uh, Tector seems to be a sidekick. I mean, mm-hmm. he's good for occasionally, you know, uh, South African guy. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say them because I'm going to mess it up right now. He if plays I say rugby. It. Yes, who plays rugby. He, he seems to be a really, uh, like he could really be a leader, but he seems to be a bit of a loner who right now is with the group. So he's kind of like you a know. pope. Ish. He's not a pope because he's not. Ish. He's not. He, I wouldn't say he's popeish. I just think he's someone who's used to not leading a team. He's used to surviving on his own, and he likes what he's in right now. But I don't. I don't see him evolving as a leader. Hal just makes the most sense right now. That's all I'm saying. Okay, yeah. I was just curious. I just thought of that now. I'm like, wait a second. These wait comparisons. Wait a second. Do you guys have anything else you want to add? Any storylines that we might have forgotten to mention? I Key think I'm good. You could feel. I'm good overall. I mean, I, I think you know. It, it certainly was the mo- the last scene was the most interesting to me, just because of the way it was shot. Yeah. Um, and and what it kind of revealed, and I'm still left pondering over that. And again, it's like it, it just shows it, it's an interesting power that they both. I guess they both were holding on to some rock, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, they had some link to some other realm where they got to talk to each other. It was really weird. So cheaters it's interesting it's interesting to see this technology or whatever whatever however it is they bond like that so but yet they still can't catch tom mason and and yet that rascally tom mason (laughs) but uh i do have some news oh you do yeah i actually do have some news some very some very big news because uh as most nerds and geeks know comic-con is coming up and we you know falling skies has always been uh at comic-con since since uh actually before season one they they started a year before uh before the show actually came out they uh, were at comic-con with the panel so uh t- this year is no different they uh, tnt has officially announced uh falling skies 
Also, The Last Ship and Legends are also going to be a Comic-Con via, you know, from TNT. But, uh, what's really cool about, um, The Falling Skies is, well, first of all, the TNT booth on the convention floor. They're transforming, uh, they're tra- transforming their booth. It's gonna be a Falling Skies booth that, uh, it's gonna look like this is, might be a minor spoiler. So for the next 20 seconds, you might want to tune out. Oh, but, um, uh, minor spoiler. But, <laughs> spoiler alert! Thank you. So, uh, the Comic-Con booth for for Falling Skies at the Convention Center is going to look like an alien cocoon that plays a pivotal part in the July 27th episode. So, uh, which, to be honest, since uh, July 27th, I think, is the weekend that Comic-Con ends. Anyone who sees this booth is going to be spoiled anyway. It's mm. probably just a very minor spoiler. Uh, Comic-Con attendees will have the opportunity to pose for pictures inside the, the large translucent cocoon. I'm reading this right now. Uh, which features fluid pumping vessels and atmospheric lights and sound designed to make the entire structure look alive. Interesting. Last year, actually, I think it was last year or uh, no, it was two years ago. I believe their booth was the booth where they actually had the skitter factory where they put skitters on people and you oh, could take geez. a picture like lying down where a skitter was about to be attached to you. So they, they do some cool stuff. Also, um, besides the booth, Falling Skies, uh, are going to have a panel like usual and Noah Wiley, Moonblood Good, Drew Roy, who we can talk to hopefully next week about it. Uh, Will Patton, Sarah Carter, Maxim Knight, Scarlett Byrne, and Doug Jones, uh, as long as well as executive producer producer uh, David I'm going to say this name possibly wrong Eek, are slated to participate in the panel uh, for the fourth season and also uh, the session will also include video clips from upcoming episodes plus the world premiere of the trailer for the upcoming video game Falling Skies so Falling oh, Skies cool. they're actually making a Falling Skies video game That's so cool. really really interesting and uh, yeah so the panel anyone who's going to Comic Con the panel for Falling Skies will be Friday July 25th from 4.30 to 5.30pm at the San Diego Convention Center room 6BCF which is a semi-big room it's actually kind of it's not as big as some of the other ones but which is great so if you have a seat there you'll get a good view of the stars which is really really cool and uh, and then one last bit of news I actually found this out uh, after Buzz had a party last night and I can't remember who I was talking to but someone told me and I did not look this up yet but Phil I, I hate to, to burst your bubble but someone told me that Sarah Carter got married like a week or two ago Oh yeah, no, I knew that. <laughs> so that's why he's been quiet in the booth. He's actually quietly crying. Oh, okay, that's Carter. what it is. So <laughs> I, I'm devastated too. She's awesome. Hopefully, we can have her on the show uh, without the ring, but it'll be all cool. Uh, now she won't show up. Now she won't. Show I don't up. need to cause a divorce here. Okay, <laughs> I'm not saying divorce. I'm just saying take the ring off before you come on the show. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not saying cheat on him. And Give that me note. a little hope. Give me a little hope here. Make 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 the illusion alive. Tease. Just tease a little bit. Just tease a little bit. Do you have anything else nah, besides that? I'm good. Okay, well, let's jump into the <laughs> predictions then. Now, oh, man. The stuff you learn at the After Buzz pool party. Right. The stuff you learn. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that Drew Roy was coming next week. I'm like, I was the one that told you and talked to you about that. Come on, I'm not going to take your thunder from Forgot that. Forgot about me. No, I'm not going to take your thunder. Right. <laughs> and you well, could sit next to him. I'll give you permission to sit next to him. Oh, yeah, I did say that at the pool party. <laughs> yeah, you did say that at the pool party. I'm like, giving uh, you credit for that. <laughs> All right, so let's, Phil, do you want to go first for the uh, prediction and uh, all that jazz? Um, all next that week jazz. looks looks exciting. We're getting, apparently, I know, I know, uh, there's 12 episodes. Historically, <laughs> there have been 10. Every season, TNT has done 10 episodes. When you asked me that question last week, I was like, ah. But okay, yes, so we're coming oh. up. So next week, I thought we were coming up on the mid-season climax. We are not. Um, that changes my perspective a little bit in terms okay. of I don't think we're going to necessarily conclude as many storylines as we thought. I think we're going to set up something for episode six. Um, in terms of what happens, you know, uh, I th- we're certainly not getting the band back together at least until episode six. Everyone's mm-hmm. kind of going to be dealing with their own mm-hmm. shenanigans, so to speak, for now. Uh, more specifically than that, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I Well, I would love to see immediately. I really need an immediate follow-up to what happened with um, with that, yeah, the Voldemort telecommunication thing. Mm-hmm. Because is the, the, in terms of that storyline, because it is such a big season arc, um, you know, we've been kind of speculating about it, but we, we get, like, what, a total of maybe six, seven minutes an episode on that storyline alone. And while it progresses it phenomenally, I'm selfish where I want more. Yeah. That's fair. That makes sense. I mean, I just didn't understand why Lexi had a hand... 
the RoboCop alien freaking dirt to get that communication going. That was just not cool. Oh, no, it was the Jedi that she handed it to. The Jedi, I'm sorry. Mm. I just killed everything right there. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead with your... Uh, I, I, you know what? I think I, I, I pretty much hinted at this. I think Mira's going to probably end up getting broken... You know, she's going to end up becoming a whistleblower in body and spirit. Uh, you know what? I also kind of, I wouldn't mind seeing her skitterized. I, I kind of feel like, I don't know if she'll be skitterized now that I think about it. We need it's someone. TNT. It's TNT. So I feel like one person getting skitterized is enough. That's going to be the only person we ever see skitterized that as far as a cast member that we're familiar with. But I would like to see, uh, I, I do want to, I do feel that Mira is going to pay for her decision. It definitely was a heroic move, mm-hmm. but ultimately she is sacrificing herself to kind of what I said last week about Matt thinking he, he can handle whatever they throw at him. And then I predicted he would turn and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I think Mira now has that false sense of bravado. Like, I'm a hero now. I can blow a whistle and run off in the other direction. Next thing you know, she something bad's going to happen to her. Well, he at least had yeah. qualities and belief that he could always do that. Miro's she, always been skittish. Yeah, exactly. No pun intended. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, well, I think because Weaver is pretty much his whole hope of being alive for Genie is gone. I mean, now he's got the revenge that he's got to do. Mm. But once he gets that revenge, I don't... Something bad's going to... Like, he's going to sacrifice, I think. I think Old Weaver would have done that. But there was something about the way he spoke about Genie. Like, like she died a hero. Like a yeah. hero's death. She was fighting till the end. I think that kind of gave him motivation to go on. I don't okay. see him doing that, but uh, he cool. could. I hope not. He I could. Hope that's I don't the know. Way it goes, but for that's sure. the way. That's the way I, it, I felt. It left off with him this episode. You know, I'm going to throw this out there. It's probably not going to happen, but I think Maggie and Ben are going to finally the, with that preview that we saw the first yeah. episode. They're probably going to get their kiss on. And Sarah and Pope are going to get it on too. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I'll be. That's, that's not even fine. prediction. That's just obvious. Pope needs to relax a little bit. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, so. <laughs> Phil, where can we find you? And I know here at AfterBuzz TV on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for pictures of the AfterBuzz TV pool party. Check out Instagram. Uh oh, <laughs> I haven't even looked at that. Uh, Nando, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Nandovel, N A N D O V E L, and on other shows here at AfterBuzz, including the 24 season finale tomorrow, which I'm psyched about. Ooh, exciting! Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a cliffhanger for sure. Well, yeah. guys, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Heyroy. That's H E Y R O Y A, and I'm also on the Masters of Sex panel, which just started up tonight. So mm. check that out. And there's something else I'm on. I don't remember, but we'll be here. Yay, guys! We'll Thanks for checking it out. Next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.